Everybody's coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I feel like we're on some never-ending trip. Like we're on, we're on a Vegas bender where, you know, instead of just a lot of people do whatever, two nights, three nights. We booked like a week-long ride in Vegas that is just never-ending, and and all these sporting events have these banana endings. We're not sleeping. We're, you know, just living on pure adrenaline at this point. This is an unbelievable stretch of sports. I mean, is this— I'll say this. I'm glad I've only had an emotional investment in two of these games. Is this the craziest stretch of sports, like, for for local? Yeah. They— I'm trying to think like yeah, what else would go up there. Back. Um, I think of the uh, Royals wild card game, and then was it the next day that they crushed Brady in, on Monday Night Football? It was. The, it was within a week. No, maybe that it was, was, the, it was day no, the, the The crushing Brady was the day before okay. the wild card game. So there was that. There was some Chiefs playing. You know, during those crazy Royals runs, the, but the Royals seemed all about the Royals. It never really seemed to stretch over. You know, multiple. Uh, when Kansas, the the Kansas, the the infamous Kansas Missouri game in 07, which obviously KU came up short in that game in, in Arrowhead. The very next day, KU played Arizona in Allen Fieldhouse, and that game went to overtime, which KU won, I think, 76-72. And Brandon Rush only almost won the game in, in uh, regulation with a three-quarter court shot that domed off the back of the rim. So that was a two-day stretch, but this one has been like nothing I I can ever remember. I mean, the it, it, like I, I can't because I can't remember Chiefs regular season games that were just wild. That's the thing in terms here. of closeness during any of the Royals um, during any of the Royals uh, playoff runs. Yeah, this has to be the craziest three-day stretch. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Matt Llewellyn from Twenty Third Street Brewery said this is the craziest three-day stretch for him. It's it's been I, remarkable. I don't, I don't know how I'm trying to go back. Even like games that that other people wouldn't have cared about. Like I'm trying to think, was there a stretch where I was in high school and there was a crazy Friday night followed by something? I don't know. I just know that this is, um, I don't know. This this has been just bananas and 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 heart wrenching and just happy on the the happy side of it. On that's on the, each one. maybe the craziest part to me. If you have all these games that are coin toss games. And all of them, from the local perspective, if you're a KU fan and a Chiefs fan, all of them have gone your way so far. Like the, it, this is this is something you're going to tell like go back to last about week years man. from now. You go know? back to last week because you had a, a, a forget just the weekend. Go back to the Oklahoma game. You had a close one there, then the comeback against K State, then the Chiefs game, then the Texas Tech Something's game last night. I mean, um, it was nuts. Ochag Baji further established himself last night as not just a national player of the year candidate but arguably the 
National Player of the Year candidate. He was phenomenal all night long, 37 points, one of the highest marks that we've seen under a KU player in the Bill Self era. He hits the the shot that tied the game. We actually have audio of uh, Brian Haney, his call on that final trip in uh, single overtime that sent it to double overtime on the shot from Ocha. Here it is. It's to Harris now. Nobody wants to take it. Coleman lands back to Harris. Harris to drive. Gets to OG. Shoots a three. He got it. He got it again. Otayabaji with six seconds to go. Shannon for the win. Misses. Rebound Coleman lands at the buzzer. No good. And a second overtime is coming. Great stuff from Brian Haney and Greg Gurley. You could have heard that last night here on KLUN with the Jayhawk Radio Network. I... I thought several times on that possession because they brought Jalen Coleman lands in for his three-point shooting. They were down three. There was two or three times where Jalen Coleman lands caught the ball, and you could tell he was like, I'm he shooting this it, thing. Yeah. But they, the defense got out there quick enough that he couldn't. And if he would have, he might he might have made it too because he's a fantastic three-point shooter, but we would have been deprived of that moment yep. that is the quote-unquote Heisman moment, so to speak. That was, that was I mean, Ben McLemore didn't win National Player of the Year, but Ben McLemore had a game just like that where he was by far the best player, can to three. In that case, it was just to force a single overtime, and that was against Iowa State in 2013. And I was at that game, and that was that was beautiful. Uh, if I hadn't been at the Missouri game in 2012, that would by far have been my favorite game at Allen Fieldhouse. But anyway, all I kept thinking during that last stretch, and Brian, as he, as he always does, really relayed it so eloquently that there was nothing set going. You could tell from from Haney's call, and if you watched it on TV, there was nothing going. And I've talked, we've both talked at length about how great, and, and you hear it on, on uh, I mean, last night Fran Fraschilla kept calling Bill Self a magician and his ability to conjure up various plays, and he's great at that. But that was a, that was a thing where whatever play was drawn up, whatever play was called, whatever set was called was not working. Texas Tech had that thing defended perfectly. They had everything stopped, and it was just Dewan had the ball, and Ochai got himself about, I don't know, 10 inches of space, 10 inches maybe of separation, and Dewan said, here's the ball, do something, and up it went. I mean, that that was, that that's what I think was so great about it is, is you know, chop, we, there's the chop play is legendary in Kansas, and it's a beautiful play to watch. But I think there's something to be said about when you've got players that, okay, whatever is drawn up, whatever play is called, that's scouted by the defense and that's taken away. What do you do now? And it was, you know, it, it almost reminded me of, um, I, I, you know, we, we, we occasionally make cross-sport comparisons here, but when the initial routes aren't working for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes gets loose and starts scrambling and his receivers are smart enough to, to readjust their routes and do what they can to get open, it was very clear Dewan had the ball and it was clear that whatever they were trying to do initially had play and wasn't working. So Ochai was doing what he could to get – he was never going to get big time open, but he got what he could to get some separation and that was that. Yeah, he's he's a pro. He's an NBA player playing in college game right now. Some of the moves he has to get to the lane, uh, some of the contested threes he's making, getting his feet and, and body in the right spot, uh, curling around things or, or in transition to start – he is just a pro, and um, it has been remarkable to watch. And, and that was a big qualm with last year's team. They didn't really have anybody who offensively could do that when self can't drop a good uh, play that, or, or it's read well by the defense. Like, who's going to make the play? And, and certainly this year, there's still 
you know, they, they still need more of it. And that's where the whole Remy Martin thing comes in, which we'll get to here in a moment. But having Ochai be at this level is insane because he can just make so many shots. I, I found the old quote that I've referenced several times here over the last couple of weeks because this is what Ochai did against Oklahoma. He he just willed them to a win. He struggled most of the game, but he had 10 points down the stretch, all of his 10 points in helping them win that game. Um, I, I found this from Scott Chasen, who it was from Brad Underwood when they played KU in Allen Fieldhouse. He was talking about Frank Mason. Here's the exact quote. If it ended today, in my opinion, he'd be the national player of the year. He refuses to let them lose. You cannot tell me that exact quote cannot be applied the same exact way to Ochagbaji. And it was more than just that shot and, and the points that he scored. He had remarkable hustle plays. I actually thought of Frank Mason uh, it, when, the, when the Jayhawks were playing in Manhattan. It was a different look, but Mason had that incredible save where he tumbled out of bounds and just made this this freakish hustle play in Manhattan in 2017 and it, it, and saved the ball. In Ochai's case, this one didn't work out, but he dove over. It, was, it wasn't over the scores table, but it was over a table into the crowd to try a save, and, and he didn't go quite get it. But it, it isn't just the um, the scoring. He's, he's doing so much from so many different angles. Um, to to put this team in a, in its best position to win, uh, it, it's it's so fun to watch. I mean, it, you know, when when your best player, I agree. Like it would have been great if Jalen Coleman lands nailed a three there to force double overtime, and the result was still a win. I would have taken that fine. But there's some, you know, when the the best player making the plays, there's something special about remembering Frank Mason hitting that shot against Duke instead of just somebody. It would have been like, hey man, that was his. That was his top moment, but in Frank Mason's case, it was the top moment or or a top moment of a player of the year season, and there's something even more special about that. So remarkable game for Ochai, and like you said, some of the hustle plays he made, there were a couple big defensive plays he made. Um, I noticed that at one point he was kind of like fronting Bryson Williams. They weren't able to get him the ball when he was on him, but you couldn't have him on him the whole game because you need uh, such a big load from him offensively, and... um, Remarkable, too, that he did that against one of the best defenses in the entire country. He was being face-guarded in the overtime. He is, for my money, and, and I know it's easy to, to rock chalk sports talk, view this with you know KU-colored glasses and stuff, but he, to me, is is the frontrunner for player of the year with how he is willing this team to victories. Uh, but we do got to talk about some of the— Real quick, sorry, yeah, and, yeah. and I know you want to move on to Remy, and that's, that's warranted, but just very quickly, I just want to add, I think the best way— because you brought up the way they were face guarding him, and then you're dead on. But I just want to say, they were not only were they trying to do something, they were Texas Tech was perfectly executing exactly what they wanted to do, and it still didn't work. That I think sums it up. So with Remy, um, that became an ordeal at the end of the game, and I think it caused uh, a bit of a tizzy from some of the fan base because of the fact that. You basically almost blew this game, and yep. it coincided. If, if KU wins that game in regulation, this is still a conversation, but it, it's way less so. And, and to be clear, there were other reasons why this game ended up going to double overtime, why they, they couldn't hold on to the, I think it was 70-58 to 58 lead. You had missed free throws. As, as great as Ochai was, how many missed free throws did he have? I think it was four of eight. Christian's offense struggling in the half court mm-hmm. um, continues to develop as a thing where he's a great transition player, but... Uh, 
there's kind of a lull right now in the month of January with his half-court offense. The defense was bad down the stretch of regulation the last four or so minutes. The defense was bad through the first overtime. It was better in the second overtime. Um, and kind of building off that, Bryson Williams is just Michael Jordan against KU. Like, that certainly helps. They haven't been able to figure out how to stop him. Um, how much did you think that last, at the end of at the end of the first overtime, Fran Fraschilla said that wasn't a great pass or wasn't a great shot because he had time to drive, which is true. But that three, even though it was NBA range, looked good, right, from Bryson Williams? I mean, I don't, it, I don't it, remember that one. The, he was the one that didn't he take the shot at the end of the first overtime right after Ojai can't his? I don't know. I thought it was Terrence Shannon both times, but I, I could be wrong. Good. Okay, maybe not. Anyway, um, back, back to the point. The absence of Remy Martin was the most highlighted thing, and so much so... The student section at one point was literally chanting for Remy Martin to come back in the game at the end of the game. Like that, that does not happen. You know, that, that's, it yeah. happens for Chris Tehan when you're when up, you're by, up 20, by thirty. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't know. We were talking about this last night during the game. That to me felt kind of inexcusable to not have Remy Martin in at some point late in the game. I'm not saying he should have played from the five minute mark through both overtimes for 15 minutes straight. Um, I've seen the plus minus thrown out a bunch. How Remy was plus, I don't know, 10 or 12, and, and Dewan was, was 12. Like minus 10. Yeah. And, and that was the best and the worst. I, I don't really care about the plus minus thing. It's it's kind of a flawed stat. But it, it it's hard if you're just watching the game not to see how Remy played versus how Dewan kind of struggled last night and not think Remy was the better option. I'm, I'm not saying this is like a, a uniform thing through the rest of the season or for every matchup, but for that specific game, it's hard not to see why Remy wasn't on the floor. I mean, I, I love what DeWan brings. He um, is a guy who does a lot of little things for you, but it's just hard for me not to see how things went in that game. And, you know, again, at least matchup dependent because I should mention this. Dewan was better to close out the Kansas State game. Kansas State had small guards. He was able to to play a little better defense on those guys. And also, that was a game where Remy was struggling. So you trust Dewan down the stretch. But against a team like Texas Tech, they're all wings. They're all forwards. There were so many times last night where Texas Tech basically attacked him in a switch, got him into the post, gave it to Bryson Williams or whoever else, and he just buried him in the post because that's the type of team Texas Tech is. And so, yes, you could say, well, Remy's small too, so how would that be any different? Well, here's why. With Dewan Harris, when he's in the game, he is not as much about the offense, the scoring punch. He's more about the ball movement, the passing, the little things, and the defense. But if one of your main traits for being on the floor is taken away then you need to go with the guy who has the better offense, which in that case is Remy Martin. So I, I think just to put this succinctly for me, I think a good Remy, like we did see last night outside of the shooting, is the difference of KU making a Final Four or not. Because I think without that, there were long periods where um, I saw Scott Jason pointed this out. It almost looks like KU was playing at the end of that game without a point guard. Uh, they weren't respecting Dewan's ability to shoot the ball or score the ball. Um, they were sagging off on of him. He goes just two of ten. There's going to be games where you need more lead guard creation and scoring if you're going to go to a Final Four or win a national championship. Last night was an example of a game where you did need Remy at the end of the game, and I was a little shocked that he didn't really get that playing time. It's interesting. Self... Some people criticize Self with his, um, with with the you know he's come up short in some tournaments as a higher seed. I think there are multiple reasons for that. 
In some cases, I think it's because uh, they get a higher seed than their talent deserves because they're they're just they overachieve in the regular season. There are people who will make the the argument. Now, look to be clear, Self's made three Final Fours and he's won a national championship, so it, it's first world problems. But there are there have been arguments made that that Self's issue when it comes to the tournament could be related to the fact that he does everything he can to win every single individual game and not be willing to maybe sacrifice a game for the for the long bigger picture um but i got to think that was at least in, involved in his thinking last night and the other thing i i know and and i know that you know this Derek so i'm speaking to anybody out there who um you know and i you know this is i feel like this with Andy Reid whenever he screws up when a great look when something's obvious to you it's obvious to a great coach these guys aren't like bill self you know, didn't, you know, go for a run yesterday and sweat out all of his basketball knowledge. Right, he's right. like, he still knows yeah, it's more about saying, the game. So he's, Bill Self will forget more about basketball than yeah. I'll ever know. So yeah. he's he's not an idiot. And so if we all viewed KU was very clearly better with Remy last night, he knew that too, which always takes me to the next question, what was the reason? My theory, and Evan Riggs had a really nice thread about this, about uh, Remy not doing a lot of little things right. Um, and there was even a, uh, a moment where Norm Roberts of all people really got frustrated with Remy. And, and, you know, usually it's up to, you know, usually it's self that kind of gets red in the face and screams at guys. And it's the, the job of the assistants to kind of be the liaison between the player and bill self. Um, but, but Norm, even according to, to this thread by Evan Riggs, Norm even got really angry at Remy last night. And so I do wonder if there was some of thinking long term, um, because there, I can I cannot construct an argument that will that that will um, convince anybody because I certainly don't believe it. I cannot construct any argument in favor of keeping Dewan on in favor of Remy for the purpose of winning last night's game. What I do wonder if there's something to be said about self going. I cannot risk. Other guys looking at the way Remy plays and thinking that that is excusable, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that ultimately might be what he he was thinking. Yeah, I, I think there has to be something there long term, and we've seen that before, right? With the Udoka game in Oklahoma, where you didn't want to take him out, even though it was the Hackadoke, and you end up losing the game because you didn't want to mess with his confidence. So I, I don't think it's a confidence thing. Um, could it be about you know not playing good defense? We've seen guys uh, be in the Bill Self doghouse all the time for not playing good defense. LeGerald Vick, Brandon Green maybe would have got more minutes. Uh, LeGerald ended up getting a lot of minutes in the end, but Brandon Green especially because they played bad defense. Well, it couldn't be that because Remy is not really a good defender, but he was fine last night, and Self even complimented his defense at the halftime interview on ESPN, so I don't think it's that. Um, could it be injury? You know, didn't sound like that was the case in the postgame. Um, what about— He would have said so, I yeah. think. What about just to fine-tune everything? Like, remember Kelly Oubre, friends, who ended up being one of the best players on that team by the end of the year, didn't start till December 20th. Well, this is the end of January. Uh, You know, when we talk about the future of this season, the future of this season we're referring to is the end of the season. We're all, the future is almost the present, right? So I, I don't think it would be that, which means it either has to be one of a couple things. One, you would either have to be admitting that Bill Self just hates Remy Martin, but I don't believe that. And even if he did, I... He who cares? Because we, we he's talked still about play him. yeah, right. we we talked about this pre pre show, mm-hmm. and, and and Derek and I both agree that that even if he does, which I doubt he hates him, 
I doubt. No, I, don't I doubt think he does Bill Self has time to hate anybody who's twenty four years mm-hmm. old. Right. But he also didn't love the Morris twins, yeah. and they still got plenty of time exactly. on the floor. Exactly. So he's had other players that he hasn't loved, and they've still got. So that wouldn't be it. Um, he would not risk his team winning or losing games for personal vendetta. He just would not. Which means it has to come down to he either just loves Dewan Harris that much and trusts him that much, which it very well could, or. To your point, it's small things that maybe me and you or the the regular fan, when we're watching the game and focusing on this or that, we're not seeing. But as a coaching staff where they know, hey, this is the play we're supposed to run. This is the game plan that we gave them. We said, don't let this guy go left, and you let him go left. And yeah. us as fans sitting there might not realize it, right? It could be some small things like that. Um, here's here's just the problem to me for that, and, and I'll let you respond to this in a second. Um, I just... I don't think Remy is ever going to iron out all his flaws. You've yeah. got one year with him. And I'm not saying that he can't be better than he what he was in Arizona State or what he can be. I'm just saying you got him to do more like last night and, and not be a first-shot guy. He had four assists. He had five rebounds. Again, he was fine on defense. But you're never going to get everything ironed out in one year. So if last night, which outside of the shooting, was as impactful as we've seen Remy since... I don't know, December wasn't enough to play down the stretch. I'm just kind of assuming that he never really be will be the late guy for Bill Self. That's fair. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's fair. But I, I also think um, that, and that kind of brings me back to, is this about fixing Remy or is this about preventing? Because do you know what I mean? Like you can make him better, but he's never going to fully. Yeah, be, yeah, he's not going, you don't right. have him. This isn't Tyshawn Taylor pissing you off in his freshman year, mm-hmm. and you got to make you got you got to go. Look, man, you're riding the bench because we need you to learn this for your junior and senior. Year. That's not what this is. Um, this is you. You've got until hopefully the the first Monday night in April is is hopefully as long as he stays here, because you can't have him any longer than that. And he and so yeah, I agree with that. Fully and and there there that could be basically confirming that for whatever reason he doesn't trust Remy as the late guy, um and and as you said earlier there are matchups where that will be okay because Dewan will be the better right. option, um, but I I you know I I think that that leads me back to thinking it has to have it, it that either one he maybe still wants to get all the wrinkles ironed out and, and believes it can happen by the end of the season. And, and if we don't believe that, it doesn't matter because we're not the coach. Um, and he could, for the record, he could very well be, if he believes that, he could be wrong. Um, he could also be right. But I, I also go back to this may have something to do with him just fearing, um, or, or not necessarily fearing, but just making this the, 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 the statement, look, I'm in charge. I you you do what I tell you. It, it kind of goes back to the the uh, don't worry about the mules thing. Mm-hmm. Just forget the decisions that have to be made that don't have anything to do with you. You do what you're told. And I I do wonder if this is something not not as not for self to to puff out his chest and say you know don't defy me. But but more than look I I can't have a guy who doesn't focus on the you know if I I can't. Um, how can I put this? I can't let That's a guy. A, yeah. I can't let a guy go against what I'm asking him to do when he's your point guard, especially. Exactly, right? and and then expect 
you know, and then and then fairly expect other players to like I I can't hold Remy to a different standard. Yeah, and I that could go back to look then maybe that's a lesson learned. You don't bring these types of guys in in the future, or maybe Remy figures it out. Um, or maybe there is some sort of balancing act that you just kind of deal with. Um, some of the 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 things that make you get frustrated and and just go okay, but you know, you know, do you know deal with it and and, and move on and keep them on anyway. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that this could go. It's like, it's like signing Ryan Fitzpatrick in football, and you know you're you you know there's going to be like that three interception game coming. You're just hoping that you can train him down to be two, but it's never going to be like. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is now the MVP. That's that's kind of how I view this. So we're, I, I want to talk more about this whole dynamic, and, and we'll hear what Bill Self had to say about why Remy Martin wasn't in the game. That on the other side, with Adam Dravet, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. A little past half past three. We typically are joined at about 3.40 on a Tuesday by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World. He's going to actually join us today at 4.05. And then we're going to talk with Kevin Flaherty at 4.40 here on RCST. We've got a bunch of audio to share with you today as well from the post game. Bill Self, three different players spoke with the media. Um, here's a little clip from what we were just talking about. Remy Martin not playing down the stretch there, the final four or five minutes of regulation, neither of the two overtimes. Here's what Bill Self had to say about why he didn't play. Uh, I don't want to be uh, negative, but who would he go in for? So, so uh, I mean, so I mean, I, I, we 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 need to rebound the ball. So uh, I didn't think it was a time that you play two little guards. So I, I I actually understand like what self is saying in in this regards of who do you take him out for? Um, because here's a big issue: KU's best lineup, if you look at like on off numbers, which again these are a, a little flawed even to this point in the season because you still have so many more non conference games against bad teams than you do in conference play. But it's funny because of the three different types of lineups. If I have Remy on the court, Dewan off. Dewan on the court, Remy off. And then Remy and Dewan on together. That's three different types of lineups, right? KU's best lineups of the three is not either one on his own. It's the two together mm -hmm. when they play together. Um, but if you play them together, that's kind of what Bill Self is alluding to there. Like, who do you take off the court? Because you ain't taking Christian Brown off the court, right? He, he gets He's one rebounds. of your best players, right? You're not taking Jalen Wilson off the court right also now. Also gets rebounds. Yeah, he's been one of your best players over the last two weeks. Um, you're not taking your five off the court, regardless of who it is, uh, regardless if it's a struggle, whether it's Dave, Mitch, K.J. Adams, Zach Clements, whoever. You're not taking a five off the court because KU has defensive deficiencies right now. And with KU not really having you know, Marcus Garrett on the perimeter, a lockdown guy or lockdown perimeter defenders, you have to have somebody inside who can protect the paint, right? So basically you don't have that option right now. And when I say this of playing them together, I'm not referring to over the course of a game. I'm just, for this specific conversation, I'm focusing the end of the game. The end right? of last night's game yeah, and the, the overtime. Basically crunch time lineup, so yep. to speak. Um, so I, I get what he's saying there, but what I don't understand 
is because in that situation, you're basically saying, okay, so we can't play them together based on all this other stuff. That means we're picking one of the two, yep. either Dewan or Remy. And what I don't understand is last night, it seemed clear that Remy was better than Dewan for that specific matchup, for that specific game. Again, I'm not saying that Remy needs to be the guy down the stretch, the point guard down the stretch every game, but certainly it seemed like last night Remy was the guy. And at the very least, I'm definitely surprised that even if Bill Self says, you know, I just trust Dewan Harris more down the stretch here. You're talking about a 15-minute span, basically, with the overtimes of of high-level intensity basketball. Wouldn't you think at one point, like, hey, why don't why don't I take Dewan out for a couple minutes here, get some fresh legs in the lineup, right? And that that factor to me make goes back to me thinking, and 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 whatever point he was trying to prove again. My theory, and this is not based on reporting, and I, you know, if Bill Self is in his car listening to this, he might be laughing at what an idiot I am right now because I'm way off. But my theory is it was something about the way Remy was playing. He wanted to make the point to the rest of the team that, hey, guys, if you if you don't do the little things I'm asking you to do, you're on the bench as well. And if that and that to further the, the thought that he was trying to make some kind of a point to somebody, whether it be Remy, the rest of the team, or both, that fact is is big. Is the fact that he wouldn't even he was he wouldn't even give Dewan a rest over keeping, you know, over making whatever point he was trying to make by keeping Remy on the bench. And and in the way he said that, Derek, would you agree that that what he was saying, so he said we couldn't play two littles because mm-hmm. we needed rebounding, fine. So from that, can we garner from that that he thought, or at least he's trying to, pub- even if he didn't think this, he wants to say he's trying to publicly say that in, he believed that, okay, you can't have two, big, two, two littles playing, because of rebounding, fine. That what he just said—that's another way of saying, I believe Dewan was the better little to be out there. Then, correct? Yeah, that's how I that, took. That's it. how I took it. I don't know how else you can take it. Well, because he didn't he's even saying, approach that. Yeah, right? he's, he's saying we couldn't have two littles out there, and then you got to go to okay, what is what do his actions say? And his actions were keeping Dewan Harris on there for the end of the game, plus two overtime periods. Yeah. And 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 that that kind of to me the is the fact that he didn't even and and look again back to what we said earlier, there's no doubt self thinks of these things. He thinks about getting guys breathers, and so I know it crossed his mind like okay, Dwan could use a breather, which again goes tells me that he willingly sacrificed mm-hmm. getting Dwan a breather to further whatever message he was trying to send in, in keeping Remy on the bench. Yeah, and, and there was a point in the first and second overtime where I, I was kind of watching, and, and it looked a little clunky in offense, and it almost felt like your only option was Ochai because as, as great as K.J. Adams was, and, and I love K.J. Adams, he's a very limited offensive player right now. Um, the best thing K.J. Adams did for KU's offense last night was get offensive uh, Exactly, and, and, and if he it, can it continue had nothing to, to do that, with scoring. Yeah, that has a lot of value if he does it, but again, he's not like an offensive option you go to. Dewan Harris, they were just sagging off them. He was getting free run into the lane, and then he'd see the, the host of tech defenders with that no-middle defense, and not a guy who's going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, Christian Brown, I mentioned how KU hasn't really gotten a ton from him offensively in the half court. Most of his scoring of late has just come in transition. He goes 4 of 13 last night. Dewan was 2 of 10. Um, I mentioned KJ Adams in the game. Like Jalen had kind of a a tougher offensive game last night. It almost felt like Ochai was your only option, which ended up being fine because, as we said, Ochai is like the national player of the year right now. But that would have been a quick solution with Remy Martin in the game. 
And again, Dewan was the better solution for the K-State game. I just thought Remy was the better solution for the Tech game. And it, it just puts us in a weird position because, like you say, it's hard to question Bill Self. And I, I normally don't. I, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach. It, it does feel like that is the situation of what you're talking about. This has to be about the future. This has to be about trying to send a message in, in some way or another because I, I just can't really explain it in any other way. Yeah, and, I, and that's what I always come back to is when, when a great coach does something that I think is, is really puzzling and seems obvious, my thought is always there ha- there's, mm-hmm. there's, he's, his, he, there's something. He's the reason he's doing this. Yes, so I'll just I'll trust Bill Self. But I'll again, him, he, you know. he's not. It's something to keep an eye on because he's not. Again, but this, you know, because he's great, it, he's he's earned the trust to say, well, he's doing something that puzzles the hell out of me, but I'll trust him. But on the other side of that, just because he's great doesn't mean he's infallible. Doesn't mean he's without mistakes. I mean, he put Elijah Johnson back in over Nadir Tharp at the end of the Michigan game in 2013, and I still wonder if that result of that game changes if Nadir stays in. Again. You know, we'll see what, how this turns out, but it, it is, um, on the surface at least, I, I think Remy very much last night would have been a better option than Dewan at the end of the game and in overtime. But for whatever reason, he wasn't out there. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. We'll let you listen in to the full Bill Self audio coming up next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. to Harris now. Nobody wants to take it. Coleman lands. Back to Harris. Harris to drive. Gets to OG. Shoots a three. He got it! He got it again! Otayabazi with six seconds to go. Shannon for the win. Misses. Wow. Rebound Coleman lands at the buzzer. No good. And a second overtime is coming. That was Brian Haney, Greg Gurley on the call here on KBN and the Jayhawk Radio Network. It is the 4 o'clock hour here on a Tuesday, typically joined at 3.40, but switching things up a little bit today with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. So, Matt, Ochag Baji's special season continues. National Player of the Year conversations continue on, 37 points. Uh, Game-time shot to send it to double overtime. I don't want to get into the the debate over, you know, what four-year career or what three-year career you'd rather have or, you know, just based on NBA talent you'd rather have. But if I just said this single season from Ochagbaji, this is the greatest single season from a KU wing since win. Paul Pierce? Mm, KU wing. So that takes Devontae and Frank out of it. Um, well, do you want to go there? Do you want to go best individual season? I mean, that's yeah. That, I, we don't have to, but that's where I thought you were going. And and I, I you know, that that was tough because, man, I I thought Frank and Devontae were so good in in different ways, right? I mean, Frank National Player of the Year and scored twenty a game and and all that, but Devontae equally as big in in a different way. Didn't score quite as much, but you know, dished more assists on average and, and also got his team to the final four. So um, definitely, I mean, it, 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 right now it's in that in that space, right? I mean, like part of what made those seasons so great is the fact that, like I said, Frank was national player of the year at the end of the thing and, and Devontae got KU to the final four. So Ochai is incomplete right now. We've got to see if either of those things or perhaps both end up happening for him. But through whatever it is, 19 games, 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't know that you can remember anybody, especially at the wing position, having this kind of a an impact. I mean, you know, Josh Jackson came to mind, but I don't think that's even close. He didn't take over games like this. He didn't have all the, the, the weight on his shoulders like this. Um, and, and Abaji has help, but he doesn't have Frank Mason and Devontae Graham and, you know, that kind of help. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think, I think when you consider the fact that he's that dude and every team knows it and every team gears to stop it and nobody's been able to so far, I think that tells you all you need to know. I mean, it's it's been a phenomenal run, and rather than wondering if it's going to continue, he just keeps looking like he's getting stronger. And and um, I just before you called, I just was writing a little more about his game last night, and I I wanted to see uh, because Self had the quote about you know nobody does that to Tech, nobody hangs thirty seven points on them, and 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 their defense is so good and and so just suffocating that. That, that that's true. So I, I went through their box scores and just tried to see who who uh, who did have the highest point total uh, on Texas Tech this season heading into last night and, and what that number was. Any guesses? Uh, was it Ochai the first time they played? Good job. You got, there my, we go. you got my clue. Yeah, you got my <laughs> clue there because I wouldn't ask you about some random dude who plays for Providence. So, the thing. Um, I was like, does Matt – Think that I know, like who you know, on Lamar or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, they did play Lamar. Good job. Yeah, good there we job. Go. So, um, but yeah, he he scored twenty four in that first game, and uh, and I mean, you know, like two completely different games too, because a lot of his twenty four in that first game, I think they got down double digits, and and he's just throwing shots in at the end to try to desperately bring KU back, and and you know, a little bit of a catch up mode situation. Um, now there was a little bit of a catch-up mode situation involved last night with that game-tying three-pointer in overtime. But prior to that, he had done all kinds of damage, asserting himself, dictating the pace of things, and and, and he just, you know, it was his game from the from the jump, really. So um, I, I, just, I just think, you know, those types of stats and those little things, I think they show you just how good this year's been for this guy because every, again everybody's geared to stop and mark adams said last night after the game we were doing everything we could to get the ball out of his hands and to make it so he couldn't catch it and and we tried everything we could think of and he goes for 37 and and so you know i mean and and, and that's based largely off of that first matchup i mean they got they got a look at him and and knew what he was capable of and of course have watched film but but in, I mean, in in those two games against Texas Tech, now he's made twenty of thirty five shots and thirteen of twenty one from three point range. I mean, that that that'll that'll keep you up at night if you're Mark Adams. So I'm sure they're happy that it's uh, that it's that it's behind them now. They don't have to play KU again until possibly in the postseason. But um, th- those types of things against that type of a defense, which is I think number four in the Ken Palm defensive efficiency ratings right now. I mean. That's the kind of stuff that if he does go on to win player of the year, this will be a game you look back at and say, well, that's when it was really his to lose at that point. That that might have been the, the sort of signature moment, right? A, a top 15 team uh, on ESPN's Big Monday, you, you know, coming off of a, a crazy game just a couple of days earlier when he had to go for a career high, tying 29 points to get the team to win. Um, you know, he just he just keeps doing it, and – 
And most importantly, he keeps doing it and taking none of the credit for it. I mean, he's the first to tell you that it's a team thing and his teammates are making him look good and all this stuff, but uh, it's quite the opposite. He's making this team look tough and good and talented, and uh, he's he's just such a, such a, terrific story uh about patience and putting in the work and 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 what can come of that because you know everybody knew he was going to be good but i don't think anybody saw this coming and uh and and you know the reason it came is because he put in that work it's unbelievable what what's it do to a psyche of of not just the jayhawks but the future jayhawk opponents that whether it be throughout the game or if you want to can't you know condense it all into the play where he can the, the three to hit the um or to, to force the second overtime, they were doing everything. Not only was Texas Tech, they had a plan for them, there were moments where they were executing that plan perfectly as as you, you know, as such being the, the, the three that forced the second overtime, and he still got it. It kind of reminded me of, of the um, Devontae Graham where he's, he's in the air and, and he's, you know, he's horizontal and he flicks it up at the backboard and it winds up going in. That was also against Tech down in Lubbock. It's got to do something to the psyche of future opponents that you got to go, well, we can execute everything perfectly, and he still could get the better of us. Yeah, it probably ends up becoming a situation where, you know, this happens a lot with, with teams. You, you prepare for him, you know that's the guy, but you just kind of, during your prep, you say, okay, he's going to get 20. I mean, we're just going to give him 20. And, and, and our goal now is to make sure he doesn't get 30. Because if he gets 30, they'll beat us. But if we can hold him to 20 and, and he gets what he gets, let's make sure we, we lock everybody else down. I mean, he's in that territory, and, and I think that's how teams are, are probably going to start approaching it because he's so efficient. I mean, he, he scored 37 points on 23 shots, I think it was, last night, right? And, and uh, you know, he doesn't waste movement. He doesn't waste opportunities. He doesn't, he doesn't force very many shots. Uh, you know, he can get to the free throw line. Obviously, he got ribbed a little bit last night for missing half of the ones he got, or he would have had a 40-point night. But, um, you know, you know, it, I think that's the biggest thing. He just it, It's hard to game plan for him because a lot of times part of what you do defensively when you're game planning for a scorer like that is try to pick out a weakness or, or find something you can use against him or, or maybe even, you know, sort of turn him into his own worst enemy type of thing. And, and, and Ochai doesn't allow that. I mean, he's, he's too smart. He's too team-oriented, and, and, he's, and he's too efficient. And, and so I think that um, it, is, it is something that teams are going to look at and go, boy, I don't know what we do. You know, and and I guess probably the best game plan, like I said, is you maybe just concede those those twenty points and hope you don't let him get too many more than that. And and then on top of it, the game plan is probably let's just hope he misses. That's our only our only chance. And and we've seen you know, and and that doesn't mean our only chance to win, but to slow him down for sure. You know, I mean, um, you, you take your chances elsewhere because he's in some kind of mode right now, and he's locked in, and he he just looks. Every time he shoots it, it looks like it's going in. It's amazing that 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 three to tie it was. I told him this after the game. I mean, that was the most that was the most pure shot he's ever taken in his life, and it, it barely moved the net. It, it, I mean, it was it was down to the floor before it, you know, just a second after it left his hand. I mean, it just it was a no doubter and in the biggest moment, man. I mean, what a, what a shot. We were talking about the Remy Martin saga for a while in that three o'clock hour, and and where things kind of are now and and something that I'm just kind of curious about is 
Like, like, are we ever going to get there with Remy Martin? Because it, it almost felt like to me last night he was playing well and he was doing a lot of things well and he wasn't shooting well. But, you know, Bill Self made a mention of positivity about his defense at halftime on ESPN. And he had the uh, extra pass that led to the the three by Christian Brown. And he ended up with four assists, five rebounds. I I get why he wouldn't be in late in the game against, you know, Oklahoma and Kansas State games where he's struggling. But it felt like last night with Dewan Harris struggling, with kind of a tough matchup for Dewan, with a game where Remy Martin was playing well, he still couldn't crack the rotation the final 15 minutes of that game, even in a game that had 10 extra minutes. Um, so I, I guess I, I don't know where to go because on, on one hand, obviously there's there's some clear small things that Bill Self feels like are still not happening there with Remy Martin that he feels like he are still not happening. But I guess my question is, we're at the end of January here. This isn't a guy who's going to be around the program for three more years or something. Like, at what point do you basically have to say, you know, we we understand you have some flaws and we're going to try to rein those in as much as possible, but we kind of have to deal with some of those as well to just kind of unlock the best version of ourselves, which in my opinion is having a good Remy Martin on this team. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a heck of a situation. I mean, it really is, and and um, you know, I I don't I I think way too much is being made of it. Personally, I think the fan base is is freaking out about it way too much. I understand why they are. I do. I mean, I I want to see Remy go nuts too. I want to see him go for thirty and and stick out his tongue and you know do jump circles and dance and all that stuff. You know, and and he's got that in him. But um, it, it it's it's uh. It's it's one of those things where this guy's been around Kansas and Bill Self still less than six months, and and it's it's so hard to get anywhere in that short amount of time, especially when part of that time is injured. You know, I mean, he's he's got the knee injury now. He had he had an injury back in August, and I think it was an ankle that was bothering him and, and kept him from you know getting getting going early early on and and you know I, I think that that's just not much time man i mean guys spend four years playing for bill self and still don't get it you know and and to expect that this guy's gonna fully get there in, in six seven months is is a lot to ask and and um so you know I, I think that i think that the hope that fans have of him maybe getting unleashed and, and getting to that point is is maybe needs to be tempered a little bit. I, I don't know that we're going to see that because the bottom line of this whole thing, and this is nothing new, um, if you've been paying attention at all, you know this. Everybody should know this. I mean, Bill Self plays the guys he trusts, and that is not a knock on Remy Martin. That is not I don't like him or I have a problem with him or anything like that. That is I don't know that I can trust that he will execute what we're doing out there consistently and repeatedly and and when it counts and and so it's hard to put a guy out there like that you know especially when you're as competitive as self and and especially in a game like this where one guy goes the wrong way or does the wrong thing and the whole thing breaks down you know i mean it's 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 hard it's very hard to do that so he's been around dewan harris a lot more i know that's the thing that everybody wanted to do last night was put remy in for dewan but i i think with dewan you can you can trust that he knows what's called on offense. He knows how to execute it, and he knows what to do on on 
you know, in terms of getting getting the the offense going and running it and getting guys shots and and putting guys in spots and all those things. And that's not that Remy doesn't know how to. It's just again, it's only been six months, not even. So it's hard to trust that he will do that. And, uh, and and then defensively, he still has shortcomings, and we know that. And it's a weakness of his. And and so it's hard to put him out there when you when you can't trust that he'll be in the right spot because that could mean a layup, and a layup could mean you get beat. So I don't think it's a beef. I don't think it's personal. I don't think it's anything like that. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't I don't get that sense. Uh, I think it's just a matter of. Bill Self being Bill Self. And for years and years and years, he has leaned on and played the guys he trusts. And I think he would love nothing more than to fully trust Remy Martin. But until that's there, you can't just invent it. You know, it's not just a magic potion that you go poof and it's there. I mean, it's it's got to be earned and, and delivered and, and seen. And I do think he's gaining on it. I just posted a column earlier today that said all this all this panic about the minutes he didn't get last night, I think that's misplaced, man. I think the minutes he did get shows that this is a good sign. He played 22 minutes. That's two games in a row that he's played 20-plus minutes now. I mean, that, that, that should show you something. I mean, Self is willing to put this guy out there for that period of time. If he didn't want to play him, I can almost assure you he wouldn't be playing him any of those minutes, right? I mean, he'd give him like five or eight. So I, I think the, the, the idea of, of just having a little bit of patience, exhale a little bit, maybe you do the Aaron Rodgers thing and just relax and spell it out <laughs> and, and just kind of let this thing play out the way it is. I, there is still time. And, uh, you know, we're, it's, yeah, we're closing in on February now. And so I understand the urgency and the panic from the fans wanting to see this guy be the, the missing piece to a national championship puzzle. But guess what? Nobody knew that this team was going to have this Ochai Abaji. So maybe that was the missing piece. And so maybe now all Remy has to do is be a good role player. You know, I, I don't know. We'll find out, obviously. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't get the obsession with it. I understand why people want to see him go nuts. I, I do too. I, for that first five games of the year, counting the exhibition, that's all I watched. I couldn't take my eyes off what Remy was doing, and and then watching self react to it. And I mean that 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 was the first five games of the season for me. It was fascinating. So um, I get it, but but I but I also think that this is a team that is rolling right now. They are hot. They're winning tough games that that they don't always win and. You know, why not just enjoy that for a little while? And and if Remy finds his way and becomes a bigger part of this thing, then that'll make them even better. And and if he doesn't, well, maybe you don't need it like you once thought you did. I I don't know. It's 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 a it's a heck of a situation though. I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like this. I knew you brought up. We're going to bring up Aaron Rodgers today. I knew it. You want did him you? to come to the Broncos? You do. You do. <laughs> I don't uh, even know if I do anymore. <laughs> Although the best Aaron Rodgers joke I heard, and I don't remember where it was, but but it was uh, it might have been that Annie Agar on uh, Twitter, mm. but she, I think it, I think that's where I saw it. I might have seen it somewhere else too, but it said you know some it was like a 49ers fan saying you know Aaron Rodgers is so good he's won us four playoff games and we didn't even draft him. <laughs> ah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I'll take it, man. Uh, but you gotta you gotta have a horse. To compete in that conference and that in that division, but the conference. I mean, look at that, right? Burrow and mm-hmm. Allen and Mahomes. I mean, it, you know, Denver's hiring a new coach, and I'm excited to see who they get because they need that. But 
you know, they could have Don Shula and, and Bill Walsh and Vince Lombardi coaching on the same staff. And if they don't do something better at the quarterback position, it won't matter. So it's, uh, it's crazy. That was an unbelievable Chiefs Bills game. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I would have watched 10 overtime. So I, I wish they would have kept playing, but I understand the rules are the rules. And it was, I mean, whoever you were rooting for or not, it was phenomenal to watch that game. So I thought it was cool that Ochai compared their game last night to that chiefs game. Cause normally those things fall so flat and they're so, they're so bad and they're such bad comparisons. And, and when he first said it, I kind of laughed it off. And then I thought more about it. And I was like, man, he's kind of right. That, that, you know, I mean, I guess in order for him to be right, he's calling himself Patrick Mahomes. So that's pretty bold. But um, but we all know Ojai, he'd never do that. He really, I mean, that wasn't what it was about at all. He was just saying, find a way to win. And both teams did that. Well, he is Matt Tate. You can check out all his work in the Lawrence Journal world, KUSports.com. Matt, before we let you go, one last thing with Adam. Be kind of weird if the Broncos hired three dead guys to coach him. Matt, one last thing. Do you take or skip the surveys on KUSports.com before reading an article? Oh, I love the question. I uh, I take them, man. Um, a company I, man. I do, yeah. I take them. Um, and you know what? They're always interesting to me. I don't I – don't, largely because there's some randomness to them. Sometimes I'm like, what are we going to find out? What are we going to ask today? You know, so – um, but we do have an app that, 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 you know, gets you around that if you're not a, a surveys guy, but those surveys, as much as it's not, you know, life changing money, they pay a little bit of the bills and they keep guys like me working hard and, 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 you know, providing for my family. So I, uh, I appreciate everybody that comes and, and deals with them and, and go ahead and take them. They're fun. No, they're not fun. I get it. They're not. They're, they're not exciting. But you know, have fun with them. Find a way to make them fun. Let's do that. Let's say that. There we go. That's Matt Tate, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Go check out his work and take one of the surveys. Matt, thank you so much for the time. As always, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a great week. Appreciate it. Thank you. You too. That's Matt Tate. Check out his work, KUSports.com, and in the LJ World with Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson, along with me, Adam Dravetta, here on KLWN. Joined now by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. So, Kevin, Ochai last night goes for 37 points for KU. He was already firmly in the National Player of the Year race, and a performance like that against one of the best defenses in the nation. You also hit a big shot. Um Does Ochai rank atop the list right now, do you think, for that National Player of the Year award, or... Is it kind of a muddled race? I guess where does he sit right now? You know, I, I think he's probably atop the list. I don't know that there's a huge gap between him and, and some of the other top candidates. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny because college basketball, I feel like it, because the season is so long, there's less of an emphasis on the quote-unquote Heisman moment, as we've come to call it, you know, in, in college football, where – you have to have that thing that where all the voters are watching, you have your moment, and that's kind of what pushes you over the top because that's 
what people remember. And yet at the same time, you know, you can look back at, at some of the recent national players of the year and recent national players of the year at, at Kansas specifically when you look at, you know, Frank Mason having the big shot against Duke on national television. There were a lot of people last night, you know, tuned into that Kansas-Texas Tech game and, and you know, maybe even more as it, as it went into overtime and, and all of those things. A lot of people saw Abaji hit, hit the huge shot. And so when you add all of those things together, you know, his resume was already pretty strong, but you look at the last week and what he did in the clutch against Oklahoma, what he did against Kansas State, and now what he did against Texas Tech, you know, it, it's almost like a, a week of Heisman moments where you, yes, you can look at the stats and say he's averaging this many points a game, Yes, you can look at it and say he looks like a first-team All-American, but I think he is starting to put together those moments where people are kind of looking and saying, man, if not for this Ochai Abaji guy, Kansas could have been 0-3 over the last week. Instead, he made some huge plays down the stretch in each of those three games, and Kansas is atop the Big 12 race. Okay, if if we had to compare and contrast and, and pick one of the two, because the last time we had a, I mean, Devontae Graham, I guess, technically was the National Player of the Year candidate because he was a first-team All-American. But that kind of felt like, at least to me, that it was basically going to be Jalen Brunson for a while there. Um, Frank Mason obviously won the award, and he was the unanimous pick. If you compare and contrast the stats, um, there are certain ways you can favor Frank. There are certain ways you can favor Ochai. Uh, the points are pretty similar. Ochai gives you a little more rebounds. Frank gives you a lot more assists and some more steals. Um, the efficiency, both are off the charts. But actually, Ochai has a better true shooting percentage, a better uh, effective field goal percentage than Frank Mason. So I, I guess uh, who who has had the better individual season? And I know it's it's incomplete. We're only in January now for Ochai. But if this were to just project out the rest of the way, what would be the better individual season, this or the Frank Mason year? Well, I think the the efficiency numbers, you know, are are so in, in favor of what Ochai Abaji is doing. And, and the the reason I bring that up is not to to sit on those numbers, but to say that that's. That's kind of astounding, right? Because I think we would all admit that Frank Mason probably had more talent around him. When you look at the fact that he shared the backcourt with a guy who would be a first-team All-American the very next year, when you look at the fact that they had you know, a, another All-American on that team, the second-team All-American, in Josh Jackson, and, and then you had shooting around those guys. And so when you, when you remember Frank Mason, and he was such a special player, you know, when he shot three-pointers, Derek, it was because it was a good shot, right? Like, it was mm-hmm. something that he could step into. It was, you know, an open catch-and-shoot look a lot of times off of ball movement and, and things like that. And you look at the types of shots that Ochai Abaji is having to take, you know, to, to kind of help uh, help carry this team a little bit. I mean, look at the, the three-pointer at the end of the first overtime last night with seven seconds left. You know, that's that's not a, a quote-unquote clean look or, or certainly not, you know, fitting into that whole, you know, my feet are set, I'm stepping into this thing type of look. And so that's the thing that, that's kind of staggering to me from, from that standpoint. You know, I think Mason probably impacted more areas of the game when you look at the way he created for other guys as well and, and all of those different things. But, 
the the amount the amount that Ochai Abaji is able to produce while everybody knows that Ochai Abaji has to produce and he's the primary focus, and he still does all of that so efficiently, uh, I think it, quite frankly, at this point, it is pretty staggering. Would you say he's the best, or I guess having the best individual season of a wing in the Bill Self era, or maybe since Paul Pierce? It, it's it's definitely up there. And, and again, even with Paul Pierce, you know, Paul Pierce was not considered the National Player of the Year candidate on that team. You know, when you look at at 97-98. That's not to say he wasn't the best player, but you know, Rafe LaFrance was a returning first-team All-American, returning Big 12 Player of the Year. And so even then, you know, you had more of an emphasis on other guys, and Christian Brown's having an excellent year. I think you know, we can say that, uh, that for a lot of this year, he's looked like an All-Big 12 candidate, but I don't think that he's had an All-America type year and I don't know that there's been the support around Abaji that that some of these other wings have and so when you add all of that together I, I think it probably is the best season by a wing that, uh, that that Bill Self has had maybe there have been other wings who have had you know better quote unquote two-way seasons where you know Brandon Rush with all of the the different things that he did defensively for that team and so on and so forth but from uh, oh, from an overall standpoint, I, I think it's probably a body at this point. We're talking with Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, the other big story from last night, Remy Martin didn't play in the final moments of that game. Uh, what do you think is more important to this team reaching its, its ceiling and trying to be a Final Four national title level team? Is it trying to find the the best version of Remy Martin for this team, or is it the defense getting better? If you had to choose one of those two, what would it be? I think it's finding the best version of Remy Martin. The defense does have to get better. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, when you look at, at where Kansas sits, you know, from a defensive standpoint and, and, you know, where it ranks nationally and everything, sitting around 50 or so, a little bit of defensive improvement is going to put you in that national title range. You know, there have been a couple teams that have won titles in the Ken Palm era that have been, you know, right around 40th. So you're not talking about a huge jump there. I mean, I think Kansas, what, like two games ago was number 33 Mm -hmm. or something like that. So, I mean, that's how quickly you can go up and down in that category. And so Kansas is playing somewhere around there. That's not ideal, obviously. You'd like to have a, a really high-level defense, and and not that that's not important, but I think that what makes this Kansas team potentially special is getting that best version of Remy Martin. And it, I'm so glad you put it that way because I feel like there are a lot of discussions online that, that you see, that I see, that Adam sees, you know, that are all about, you know, let Remy cook, you know, let Remy do this, let Remy do that. And I think that one of the things that we all need to realize or, or look at is that Kansas does not win a national title with Remy Martin cooking, so to speak. They need the best version of Remy Martin. They need the Remy Martin that does the little things right, that gets his assignments right, that, you know, gets his defensive rotations correct. And, I thought last night was one of the better jobs that I've seen from him 
from a balance standpoint in terms of being aggressive a little bit offensively and yet also creating for other guys out there. And so I do think it, it seems like he's making progress, and we also need to remember that you know this is a guy, he played 22 minutes last night, and I think that's the most he's played since January 4th you know, with the injuries and everything. So he is getting back into the flow still a little bit. At the same time, I think that when all of us look at this Kansas team and look at the version of it that could potentially cut down the nets at the end of the year, it's one where Remy Martin sort of finds that balance between distribution and scoring and also does the little things that that Bill Self wants him to do to, uh, to make this team succeed. Yeah, I I just wonder, you know, is that ever going to happen this year? Because, like you said, last night was one of his better games, and he did a lot of the the little things right, making the extra passes and and not being a shoot first guy. And and yes, maybe there could have been more efficiency, and, and the shots might have fallen more, and maybe that's the difference. But um, when you see Dewan Harris have a tough game, he goes two for ten, and when you see Texas Tech hunting Dewan Harris on the defensive end to get and again, that's kind of a matchup thing because Tech is a team that plays a bunch of wings and forward that's, that has the ability to do that um, to where the defensive side of things doesn't become as prevalent there. And Bill Self even complimented Remy Martin's defense at halftime. I just I feel like for all of that to go right for Remy and him still not to get that playing time at the end of that game, it almost feels like to me I'm just I'm not really expecting it to ever happen then. So, you know, Coaches are, are imperfect as well, and I do think Bill Self catches a few too many strays on on Twitter, especially you know when you wind up getting you know big wins and, and people are frustrated because this happened or this didn't happen. Uh, I understand Bill Self not playing Remy Martin down the stretch in regulation, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got a twelve point lead with six minutes left, and you look at it as you know if Kansas just held Texas Tech to under 17 points, they win that game. And 17 points over that stretch, you know, I I worked it up last night, that's more than 113 points a game, (laughs) you know, in terms of, you know, the when you extrapolate that out over the course of an entire game. So basically your defense just doesn't need to fall apart. You don't need to score a lot. You don't necessarily need – you know, for your offense to be explosive, but you just need to not fall apart defensively. And so I get why Self in those final six minutes would have said, you know what, you know, thanks for everything you've done. We're going to put what we think is the best defensive outfit out there and and we're going to close this thing down. And and it didn't work out that way for a few different reasons. But, you know, I I think that the defense falling apart was, was such a huge thing where I think that I was uh, confused is maybe the wrong word, but I would have thought that, especially when you look at the way the Kansas State game played out, you know, guys use their legs a lot, you know, coming back from being 16 points down at, at halftime and really having to scrap over the course of that whole game. It would have made so much sense for me for Remy Martin to play some during the overtimes. And the fact that he didn't at that point, I don't know if he was tired after playing the 22 minutes. I I can't speak to any of that. But I think that's where, for me, 
you know, maybe there's a, a little more more explanation. And I get that Bill Self said last night, you know, who does he go in for? We can't play two small guards. But I think, like you were saying, you know, with DeWan Harris struggling, a lot of people would have liked to see Remy Martin get some of those minutes, at least in overtime, you know, for DeWan Harris. And maybe even just, you know, get DeWan Harris you know, off the court, off his feet, whatever, for for a little bit and protect his legs a little bit. And so I think that's where the surprise is. I do want to say one thing, though. You know, when you look at at this process and how, you know, Self is harping on Remy Martin to do the small things and the playing time kind of backsliding, don't forget that it was, what, mid-February when I think that, you know, Malik Newman got pulled out of the starting lineup because Bill Self felt like he was not doing the little things and felt like he wasn't being quite aggressive enough and all of those things. And it came together and certainly came together with a nice little bow in terms of Malik Newman turning superhuman come March. But I am saying that this is a process we've seen before and we've seen it work before. And we've also, unfortunately, sort of seen it go all the way up to the last possible second before it worked. And so the longer this stretches on, the longer we get to this point where it's like, "Ah, I just don't know if this is going to click between Bill Self and Remy Martin or or between Remy Martin and the team, however you want to put it. You know, the worry does grow a little bit, but we have seen this happen in the past and have seen this work out for Kansas in the past where – the light did in fact come on and it led to a final four. All right, real quick before uh, I get to one last thing with Adam, this is the the first time we've had you on since the uh, announcement of Kai Thomas and Lonnie Phelps coming to KU to add to the big transfer portal class that KU has coming in. They officially announced it the other day. What is KU getting in these two guys? Are they the best of the recruiting class? I mean, how many of these uh, transfers coming in are you kind of expecting to, I don't know, maybe be on the two deep or start? You know, it's, with uh, with Kai Thomas, your your running back group all of a sudden looks terrific for next year. I mean, I, I know that uh, that recruiting rankings are are not everything. I had a chance to see Kai Thomas in person a couple times when he was in high school. You know, all of a sudden you have three former four star running backs in your backfield, and when you look at the way that, that Lance Leipold wants to play and, and how they want to run the ball and. And also kind of how, you know, over the course of last year, the running back group sort of whittled down through injuries. All of a sudden, you've got a lot of talent and depth in that group. And I still think, you know, Devin Neal may be the best player of that group, may still be the most talented guy of that group. But all of a sudden, when when Devin Neal either goes out to – to get a you know a drink of water or or even if he gets a little banged up you've got some really good guys there who can step in and and guys who have the talent to continue to allow you to run what you want to run um, when you look at Phelps the interesting thing to me about him Derek is he got a lot of his pass rush opportunities um, by by stunting and twisting it where they put him on the move you know it wasn't really something where you looked on the tape and he just sort of like blew by the tackle and created pressure, which was kind of the way that that Kyron Johnson got home, you know, quite a bit this past year. And so when you look at that, I'm not saying that Phelps doesn't still have some growth, you know, to to be a pass rusher. I I think he does. 
But at the same time, I, I think he's an intriguing get because he gives Kansas some options in, in the ways that they can attack, you know, on, on sort of those passing downs where Lonnie Phelps is a guy that was really, really effective on, on twists and stunts and, and, you know, sending him in different ways where he could use his athleticism in space. And, and now that you have a guy like that, I, I think it kind of opens up uh, what they want to do in those situations. And so I, I think this transfer class is, is excellent overall. It's one where you can point to just about every single guy and, and say, hey, this is, this is the reason this guy is here. There's not a single one of them where you're like, ah, I don't really understand taking that guy. And when you add that to, you know, sort of this, you know, cherry picked recruiting class because it was so small and, and so they really, you know, sort of honed in on certain guys and, and even the walk-on group that's going to come in with those guys that should have multiple guys who are scholarship caliber. Uh, I think they're really doing a great job of, of continuing to sort of upgrade, not just the talent that they have, but also the versatility that they have from a roster standpoint. He is Kevin Flaherty. You can check out his work in 24-7 sports. Kevin, before we let you go, one last thing with Adam. All right, one last thing. When was the last time you counted all of your teeth? Counted all of my teeth? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I cannot say that uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm sure that we maybe did it in grade school for like an activity or, <laughs> or, or something like this that. This one caught you said, so hey, off guard. Look at how many teeth you have. But uh, I, I cannot, uh, cannot recall any, uh, any recent incidents of, of counting my teeth. My dentist says that I, I'm good to go, and so I guess that's uh, – I take their word for it. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I've uh, maybe I've got a couple missing or something that they're just not letting me know about. I don't think I've ever counted my teeth. Do you do this? <laughs> uh, I, I literally thought of that question about <laughs> last week sometime when I was counting my teeth. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The more we know. There you go. <laughs> I, have 30, I have 32 of them. Yeah. Congratulations. I don't know. Is that the normal number? I, I still have Hopefully. all four of my wisdom teeth, and one okay. of them is um, one of them is in sideways, so I probably have at least one more than mm. I should. Yeah, it'll be 31 someday. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for the time, as always, man, and uh, get to counting. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> all right. That's Kevin Flaherty. Check out his work at 24-7 Sports. I'm Derek Johnson with Adam Dravata. Two hours down, one to go. Five o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Adam Dravetta. I am Derek Johnson. Couple, uh, I guess, notes, news, whatever. Uh, we didn't get to this yesterday, but KU football added a commit, Brian Dilworth. He is a three star corner. And by rating, he is the top incoming high school recruit for KU. So that was big over the weekend. Um, also over the weekend, KU women's team took down Texas Tech. And Tech is one of the bottom teams in the Big 12, most likely. But to dispose of them by double figures, it's it's not something that leads to big takeaways, but it continues to further the idea that this KU team is not part of that bottom tier anymore in the you're, league. You're beating the lesser teams the way you're supposed to. Exactly. As badly as you're supposed to. Otherwise, if you're losing to them, that means maybe you're one of the bottom tier leagues, but that's uh, bottom tier teams in the league, but previous, that's not the case. Previous teams would have I you know won this game by two or three, and it would have or been... Lost. It, or they lo- Or lost, and they would have wound up with... You know, one in seventeen, three and fifteen conference yep. conference record. And last thing, Rock Chalk Pickahawk. We had our most exciting Rock Chalk Pickahawk game of the season. I know everybody there was talk. The game. I mean, you you had K State, the you know, back coming back from seventeen mm-hmm. on Saturday, 
winning by three, KU doing that to K-State, that is. You had whatever the hell you want to call that Chiefs game Sunday night. You had double overtime last night that needed a a last-second three from Ochai to force that second overtime. And the closest all-time pick a hawk since at least we've started doing it. And honestly, that's the one that people should be most... um, Yeah, yeah, that should be the one people stand up for. That's the biggest memories, absolutely. Um, So... I had Ochak Baji. I ended up taking him over Christian. I was, you know, I had a good feeling. He ended up with more points, 38-25. You had Jalen who had 32. I had Dave who had 22. So now we're really close. Uh, big difference, though. You had Remy Martin who had 15. I had Dewan Harris who only had 7. He went 2 of 10 from the field. So every discussion that that, that uh, Derek has had so far has more been, he, he really, it's been, any the the Remy versus Dewan comparison has been all about how he wanted, yeah. he wanted Dewan off the floor to quit making shots, or to quit yeah. missing shots, so he'd get point, quit getting points Yeah, this is all for him. selfish reasons, but anyway, you won 75-74, as what a, close what as What a game. Be. I wonder That's what the score would That's a fun basketball game, too. At the end of regulation, and at the end of the first overtime. Like, should yeah, I I'm trying to think of what happened Ochai. in overtime. Ochai obviously had the three. Mm-hmm. Brown, I'm trying to think of points. Brown, he had t- those two late free throws. What other points did he have in, o- in the overtime periods? I don't remember. I, I don't know either. I think he had a layup, a really important layup at one point. You know who had a big, big uh, putback, I think, in overtime? One of the overtimes was uh, KJ. But none of us had him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. None of us took him. No, we didn't know he was going to play. Um, which, speaking of which, the five position and, and how KU played inside, uh, Tech still won points in the paint this time. We we mentioned that stat ad nauseum, whether it was after the Tech game the first time or leading up to yesterday, but it was a lot closer this time. Uh, Tech won points in the paint 46-40, to 40. and I think against a team that plays the way they do and knowing that you're going to be more reliant on some jumpers at times, like you'll gladly take... A forty-six to forty game there, and you also out rebounded them inside fifty to thirty-eight, which is awesome. I I really think um, I keep going back to Texas Tech. Did with the I mean, look, yes, they would have preferred. They probably came into this game thinking there's no chance we outscore them forty-four to eighteen in the paint again. So now again, I think what what did you say was fifty-six to fifty in the paint. Uh, 46-40 in the paint, 50-38 on rebounds. Okay, so 46-40. So they actually got more points in the paint than than the first time around, but KU got a lot more in the point in the paint than they got. It was it was, um, you know, 22 more points for KU in the paint than they got in the first game in Lubbock. But in in so many ways, Derek Texas Tech did a lot of what they wanted to do, and it wasn't enough. No, but I think what you did this time is you you just made it tougher for them to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, which you turned what was a strength into a a slight edge, right? I, I'll with, say with this: paint. as much as and and look, the the discussion about uh, Remy being coming off or not playing in the final minutes in an overtime is very warranted. It's always frustrating, and not just because of the Remy thing, but because of the players who were on the court that did allow the comeback. That let, at one point the biggest. When you go from Texas Tech's biggest deficit to Texas Tech's biggest lead, the total run was 27-10 to 10 in favor of Texas Tech. Uh, went from being a Kansas advantage of 70-58 to 58 to that first overtime. At one point, Texas Tech was up 85-80. to 80. Um, and, and so there were so many things to be frustrated at, but I also think 
a, a habit of all of us, myself included. Anytime you're cheering for a team that does something that you know that that whether they blow a big lead or they they lose, whatever the case may be, the immediate sense is what did our coach do wrong? What did our players do wrong? And sometimes and, and look, they're not a you know they they do need to be looked at and 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 if you know mistakes do need to be looked at. But I also think as much as we're looking at should Remy have played more, what could the players who were on the floor, what could they have done more to prevent that crazy run, O'China's free throws, whatever the case may be, um, you still also have to say Bryson Williams was was a freak. And oh, had, my gosh. He yeah. had a lot to do with Tech getting that comeback. As as much as KU um, you know, struggled down the stretch, Bryson Williams stepping up huge had was equal or more important to Texas Tech being able to force overtime. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's weird too because when you think about like how you felt after the game about the five position, you know, at the very end it was like, wow, that was awesome to see from KJ. But for that stretch there at the end of regulation, the final four or five minutes through the first overtime um, until KJ really played in, in the second overtime. It, it kind of felt like, you know, oh, man, they're, they're not really getting much again from the five position. But I think that's almost recency bias to the end of the game. And, and it just kind of leaves you a, a sour taste in your mouth with how both Dave and Mitch finished the game. Because at the end of the game, both guys kind of struggled. But, like, if we just look at overall, like, Dave had 13-5. and five. He was fine. He was 3-5 and, and five and on the field. the way Tech plays mm-hmm. makes it hard and you could understand if, if the way they played late was due to exhaustion yeah and like last time you played them I mean this was this is a big increase from last time last time you played them you only got four points from the combination of David McCormick Mitch Lightfoot KJ Adams and Zach Clements in 36 minutes okay real in, quick oh go ahead I was in in 50 minutes which is obviously you get more time but they had 23 points between just KJ Mitch and Dave so it wasn't a great game from the five position there were moments where it was good I thought the first half actually was good there and and the way KJ finished it was good but you got way more than last time and I think that kind of ties back in with the points in the bait discussion it wasn't your best game it wasn't one that you're going to be pounding the table about how you did so great at but you did enough to combine with some other stuff and and now you just look to get more out of you know Remy Martin and and some of these other things, Christian Brown in the half court, that if that comes together with the five men not just being a, hey, we're going to put the five-man position on a milk carton because it's gone missing, um, then you're going to be okay. Yeah, and, and two things to that regard. One, um, to that to the overall point, um, you know, we dissect these games a lot, and I've said this a lot, that, you know, we've got 15 hours to fill. And so we're going to dissect and, and dig in, and that's what we want to do. We don't want to cover KU nationally. Like a national team, a national writer will cover KU. They'll get a huge view. They'll get a view from 30,000 feet, which is extremely wide but not particularly deep. Whereas well, if we're doing our jobs right, we're, we may cover a less wide area, and we dig way, 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 way deeper. That's what we're hoping to do, but... And so the reason I say that is because taking, you know, stepping back from covering things and going as deep as we want to do, it is also important. And you don't just dismiss any potential negatives, but you also every negative that you talk about does come with the caveat of they just beat it. They just beat a top fifteen team, mm-hmm. and you take it. Um, but moving on, self, he said what twenty and twelve is what he wants out of his five man. Yeah, the combination. Do you want to guess? 
McCormick, Lightfoot, and uh, Adams combination last night? Well, I just shared it. It was 23 points, um, and they had 11 rebounds. Oh, you well. shared it? Yeah. What did you share it? As I was probably looking it <laughs> yes, up. exactly. Oh, well. Damn it. But also, that was in a 50-minute game, so they would still be below his expectation. Wish we could go back and pretend that. <laughs> You know what? Let's okay. start over. Hi, I'm Adam. Hey, Adam. Um, did you know KU had just 13 turnovers last night in a 50-minute game? That's pretty that is. impressive. Texas Tech is one of the best teams in the country at forcing turnovers, and that, I think, had as much as uh, to do with KU finding success at, at certain times. Um, I'd be interested now to go back and see how many of those missed opportunities from points in the paint from last one from the last game because they weren't all missed shots. I'd be interested in how many of them were, were turnovers. Like they'd never even got a chance to put up a shot in the paint. That's a good question. I mean, you had a lot of charges too, right? Yeah. That would be a big reason why. But like the first time you played Texas Tech in their place, it was your worst turnover rate game of the season. You turned it over 25.8% of the time. Basically one out of every four times you turned the ball over. Um. This game against Texas Tech was actually one of your best marks on the season. It was sixth best. The only games that were better, Stony Brook, Dayton, Michigan State, Iona, George Mason. And, and This was even better than the Missouri game. We talked a lot about how those numbers were getting worse and worse once conference play started. Do you think that is a an indication of it's just the second time you're playing them so you're able to adjust better? Or do you think the team's getting better at it? Or is it an indication of, hey, we saw Remy Martin play more than we have in a while and, and that's going to help the ball handle? I think the Remy part is very relevant. I think them playing Tech a second time is also extremely relevant. Um, but I, 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 I also, I, I think, um, but just general improvement, like they like I think if 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 KU hadn't improved at all and they played Tech a second time, I'm not saying it would have been as bad as it was the first time, but I don't think the difference would have been as stark as it was. Like I think it it's not it, it can't it has to be a combination of of KU improving and another shot at a similar team. Yeah, I I think it is a little bit of of everything. Honestly, I, I think Remy that obviously has to help. Um, and we we talked with the Chiefs, you know, facing teams a second time. One advantage. If you're the team that lost in the first matchup, at the very least, you know now exactly what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, and that that's what I think it is with Tech because it's not just that Tech like happens to just have these, you know, three guards who were like like they're Marcus Garrett or, or Dewan Harris where they just have these quick hands. It, it's it's more that they play this unique style of defense. They're really good defensively, and they take all these charges. And and to your point about like. What were all the turnovers, for instance, or you know stuff like that inside? Um, to where I wonder because a lot of it could be attributed to just running into a charge and that being a turnover. I wonder if a lot of it is just being, hey, we play them again. Now we know what to expect, and you can see the progression of KU since that game. Like KU has has actively made that a point where they're trying not to run into charges. It turned out the Ochai game winning two against Kansas State, like that was a, a good example of that. And so you've, I think on one hand, it's it's easier to, to play a team a second times in terms of trying to to know what they're trying to do, and they, they figure that out well. But I do think Remy helped, and I do also think that maybe that's a skill they're starting to unlock, not necessarily in terms of eliminating turnovers overall, but maybe doing a much better job at the types of turnovers you're having where you're not running into as many charges and maybe the first Texas Tech game was a teaching tool for that. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I, I think w- the other thing that now they, they can point to is saying, okay, um, now we, you know, when you get an example of, of, when you get a hard example of saying, okay, clearly what we're doing is working, that is going to encourage them, I think, to do it even more. That is to say, they, 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 they did what they did against Tech the first time. They put in whatever work they put in. They saw the, the, the fruits of that last night. Now they can go, okay, clearly what we're doing is working. We're moving. They have very clear evidence that they're moving in the right direction. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN and KLWN.com as well as the KLWN app. We're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we'll let you listen in to what Christian Brown had to say to the media after the game. This is RCST.